0: Throughout the scripture, both Old and New Testament, we hear of God's loving kindness towards God's creation, his mercy. It's a common refrain in the First Testament that God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and ready to relent in punishing. So it made little sense to those followers of Jesus that Jesus would need to suffer and die. Indeed, those that believed him to be the Messiah wondered how this chain of events would unfold in this way. The Messiah is not supposed to suffer and die because God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and ready to relent in punishing. And we know that God is merciful and that God requires mercy of us. From the prophet Hosea, we are reminded that God expects mercy, not sacrifice. And so how can it be that the Messiah would suffer and die? We remembered last night, on that Friday, that Jesus poured out himself as a demonstration of God's mercy. He took all of the hatred unto himself, and offered in exchange God's mercy. And he did that repeatedly, to such the extent that it killed him. This is where we find ourselves on this Holy Saturday. Remembering that God's mercy is so great, that God will do anything to reveal it to us, even die. We're reminded in John's Gospel, in Jesus' words, that greater love have no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. Jesus' love for the Father was that which drew him to show mercy to us, and his love for creation is what gave him strength to offer it even unto his death. Jesus took our sin into himself. That seems like a gesture of kindness all alone, more than we can even ask of someone closest to us. But God's love for us doesn't stop there. Because in the resurrection, we have the guarantee that love is powerful, powerful enough to change the world. In the resurrection, we begin to see the world differently because God has shown us through Christ that it can be different with the power of the love of God. We can operate in this world differently through the power of the love of God made known in Jesus. Rather than living our life in response to our shame, as if somehow we could make up for our wrongdoings. Instead, we learn to live our life in the love of God. Whereas we might be inclined to be aware constantly of our inadequacies, wanting to focus on them because then we hope that we will somehow improve. We are told in the resurrection of Jesus that we are to focus on him, and that all will be made well. Whereas we might sometimes want to make our decisions away from God's guidance because we somehow feel safer in the dark and think that things look better there, we learn from the good news of the resurrection that all is made well in the light and that when we come into the light, we can live more fully this is the promise of the resurrection this is the ultimate gift that god gives to us because death does not have the final word the love of god the mercy of god has the final word teresa of lisieux reminds us that perfection consists in doing god's will in being that which he wants us to be and what god wants us to be is a creation that carries forth his love into the world. That is where our perfection exists, when we are able to carry God's love into the world. Love is always a choice. It's not a byproduct of something. It is a choice that we make, and we can choose to let love be known either through passion or through action. Jesus demonstrates it in both ways. Throughout the week that we call holy, Jesus demonstrates that he chooses to show love through passion, allowing the events to unfold as they seem determined to do so, and offering love in response to everything that comes his way. And in the resurrection, we see God show God's love in action, where death is triumphed over and life is what reigns. Love is a choice, we are reminded, and we can choose how it will be made known, whether in passion or in action. On this night, people are baptized all over the world. If we took a moment to reflect, we would be able to imagine various time zones throughout around the globe and those that are being welcomed into the body of Christ through the Paschal Mystery through the promise of the resurrection. We don't have anyone in this location tonight being baptized, but we can claim the covenant which we all claim in our baptism. And I want to remind you and me, I want to remind all of us of what that means. In a few minutes, we'll say the baptismal covenant together, the ways in which we seek to choose to demonstrate love, how it is that we will demonstrate love in action one question to us is will you continue in the Apostles teaching and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in the prayers this is carried out by being a part of a Christian community by giving ourselves over to the rhythm of our life of worship of study of prayer of seeking counsel from others that seek to follow Jesus that's why we carry this out and our action starts with our words I will with God's help. The second part of the baptismal covenant is will you resist evil? And when you sin, repent and return to the Lord. This action is carried out by being in love with God. And in focusing on our love with God, we might respond to the world as God would have us do so. We learn to see the world as God sees the world, in order that we might respond to the world as God would like us to respond. And when we mess up, we repent, we go back to God, and ask that God will help us make it right, will help us write our direction. This is the second action that we take in our choice to love. We say, I will, with God's help. The third part of our baptismal covenant is, will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? The wonderful thing about this third commitment is that it's made known in carrying out the first two. In our dedication to follow the first two, command, the first two parts of that covenant, we fulfill the third. And we say, we make a choice. I will, with God's help. The fourth part of our covenant is, will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? We remember Jesus' teaching in Matthew when he talks about the end times, and he gives a picture of the end times when the sheep will be separated from the goats, and he will tell them about when it is that they saw those in need of food or drink or clothing or shelter, and how it is that when they responded to them, They responded to him. This one might seem a little bit familiar, but it is God's love that leads us to recognize Christ in one another. In the difficult times of loving your neighbor, you can perhaps reflect on how it is you can just offer them God's love. Maybe you don't have any love to give, but how can you offer God's love to that individual? We make a choice to love. And we say after that one, I will with God's help. The fifth part of our baptismal covenant is will you strive for justice and peace and respect the dignity of all people. This grows out of the previous four. This is probably the hardest one. Justice is the public expression of love. That's how Cornel West put it. Justice is what love looks like in public. Justice without love becomes self-righteous and even can become idolatrous. But when we carry it forth with God's love, we have the stamina to persevere and to find a way for justice and peace to be known in the world. God's love is the foundation for this action as well. And so we choose to love. And we say, I will with God's help. Jesus' resurrection reminds us that God's love trumps all things. Jesus' resurrection reminds us that God's love trumps all things. Through the resurrection, we realize that God's love reorders the world, and it starts with God reordering our own world. Amen.